إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa Welcome to the Young Smurfs podcast. So, Assalamu alaikum bro. How you doing? Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa Subhanallah. Uh, it's been a long time, bro. Alhamdulillah. Last, yeah. last time I seen you, I was. No, last yeah. time I was on the floor of um, Mina. And I actually thought it was when we uh, ran into each other with Sheikh Ukasha Kamini. Wasn't that the last time that we saw one another? Because we met with him after Hajj, right? That was after Hajj. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been the that would have been the uh, last time I seen yeah, you. Yeah, the last time. Yeah. Because I seen you very briefly. Uh, on, yes, on it was Mustafa, and I think it was Mina as well. Did you walk into the tent as well? But yeah. Alhamdulillah. And then we yeah, ran remember, into each other in Medina. I remember the meeting with Ukasha, Mashallah. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice. Uh, very nice, yeah, yeah, very nice. So yeah, how are you doing? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So uh, I decided to give you a call because yeah. SubhanAllah, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, And uh, I was not expecting your call, SubhanAllah. Why? Really, I wasn't. Like to basically do a podcast around this time. Yeah, I've, I have to admit that I personally have... Uh, made a conscious decision mm-hmm. in the past to not associate with certain people and too many mm. people because of the controversial issues that kind of surround uh, like groups of people or individuals etc and because my dawah is very simple my, you know me I'm just giving basic dawah bro mm. to non-muslims and in Africa and everything so you know, for a long time, I mean, I've visited you in Medina, mashallah, yeah, you know, I've visited many people times, yeah. and um, and I've always got on well with you, mashallah, yeah. you know, I've, I've always felt a nice yeah. relationship personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just thought, you know, why not? Let's let's mm. have a podcast. And no, I understand that, like, you know, it's, it's something that everybody to some extent really looks mm. at. Uh, reputations can be tarnished. Mm. Uh, depending on who you actually line up with because people mm-hmm. have this uh, way of looking at things so and so lined up with so and so that means he's perfectly fine as well so let me go and you know listen to him if somebody's like overly controversial mm. someone else being seen with him he's going to be brushed with the same paint mm. so uh, it's totally understandable sometimes mm. um, you know there's massages they're trying to organize certain programs and mm. conferences and they might not necessarily want to have a particular individual involved Mm. Just because of the backlash they might get And I fully yeah. understand that yeah. When they say they don't want to bring so and so on the same panel mm. as myself Or uh, whatever have you I fully understand that You know, mm. different things are looked at yeah. um, If somebody was to do that with me I would fully understand as well uh, mm. Because your Islam or you being upon the Sunnah Is not mm. totally dependent on you bringing me on Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. one thing But then there's another extreme as well just because so and so doesn't want to, um, you know, uh, have controversy around him, mm. he goes an extra step by warning against that individual, mm, mm, mm. and I think that's wrong as well. Mm. You know, one is, uh, you know, Allah says in the Quran, like la ikraha fi din. There's mm. no compulsion in the religion, right? Mm. That's with regards to religion. So who's forcing you now, yeah. that saying that you have to do that with me? It's not mm. something yeah. that is compulsory, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so uh, people look at these things in a different way and yeah. I've never taken it, never taken it personally mm. and, uh, and I really just see mm. you know, where 
the way they think, they look at things and, mm. yeah. You know, uh, before we get into mm. uh, the discussion, I want to just give a brief background yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Where are you from, bro? Like, <laughs> what is your background? <laughs> you know, subhanAllah, I, I've always wondered, like, yeah. what, what is your, like, you know? SubhanAllah, I'm gonna maybe send you the screenshot as well. Uh, and recently somebody sent it to me. It's mm. a very, very, very old post, right? Uh, maybe over six years old. Uh, so yeah, there was a very old post. Some mm. brothers from America got in contact with me. Well, if, you sh if I show you that post, you're not gonna stop laughing, okay? Brothers from America got in contact with me saying that, what did he say again? He said something like, and he's got, he's got like exclamation marks, stad, like exclamation marks, right? Mm. I'm thinking, this guy all right, like, and, uh, and then he sends another couple of messages saying, me and a bunch of brothers in America had a debate. Okay, what's the debate about? They're debating about where I'm from. <laughs> so I just looked at the message, I started laughing, I never responded back to him. He responds back again. Akhi! Huh? <laughs> like people are mm. debating here, people mm. is getting heated in the discussion. I'm thinking people on the other side of the world, they're <laughs> debating my nationalities. Ajib, subhanAllah. But people tend to ask all the time, some yeah. you know, people ask like, are you Portuguese, are you Spanish, are you this, are you that? But uh, I think it's best to keep it anonymous, inshallah. Oh, mashallah. <laughs> <laughs> subhanallah, Are you serious, man? Yeah, let's just do it. No, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. It doesn't matter anyway, but alhamdulillah. Yeah. Um, mashallah. Yeah, people say sometimes like, are you an Arab, are you Somali, are you this, are you yeah. that? I like the fact, keep, you know, the, them, the, the more people don't know stuff about you, yeah. the better it is that, you know, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Sometimes people ask questions, they're trying to find out about your private life. Mm. And the more well-known you become, yeah. okay, uh, the more sweet the conversation about you becomes as well. You, you, know? you know, it's quite interesting yeah. actually because uh, certain cultures mm. are known to back their own people. <laughs> Specifically the Somali culture, yeah. just to put it out there, yeah. right? All the Somali sheikhs, mashallah, their people support them. Yeah, <laughs> big time. So the point is that there's, a, I guess, there's a wisdom in, you know, letting the, you know, the the, the lectures or whatever speak for themselves. Yeah. So yourself, you you are mashallah, you are a student of knowledge, a, a very serious student of knowledge, and your journey, how did it begin? Subhanallah, it started with an incident that took place in a in one of the messages that I was studying in, here in Leicester. Mm. It's called Masjid Falah, it's in Highfields. Anybody from Leicester will know where that masjid is, right mm. next to Islamic Da'wah Academy. And uh, I was studying Quran. Mm. One thing that my father, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve him, and also have mercy upon him, okay, uh, gave a lot of emphasis to from a very young age. And I still really, really appreciate it, right? It was always the Quran. Study the Quran, memorize the Quran. And only later on I realized, subhanAllah, how wise that piece of advice was. And how wise that, uh, the way he was cultivating and nurturing us, you know. Because at the end of the day, ilm, it goes back to two things. The Quran, and likewise the Arabic language. Even Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, whoever masters the Quran, and also masters the Arabic language, all of the other sciences become easier for him. Everything else opens up. And I realized having memorized the Quran in the beginning really, really helped me. Really, it did. 
And uh, so he would always take us to Madrasa from the time when I was in Holland because I was born in the mm-hmm. Netherlands, right? He would always take us to Madrasa. Like, so I can just remember the tables I used to sit at, the building that I was in, but I don't know where it is. Only last summer, some brothers in Amsterdam, they invited me over. It was the first time I've gone back to the Netherlands in 18 years. Mm. I don't remember anywhere. Okay. And, but I can now, until this very moment, still remember um, where I was. Like, it's, it's a bit like, I can see it like a dream. Mm. And, uh, and my father, he really, and my mother as well, may Allah well preserve her. Uh, they really glorify the Quran. Mm. And, uh, and ever since from a very young age, uh, I held it in high esteem, right? Uh, and I seen the importance of it, okay? So what happened was, um, and this was partly to do with uh, what actually happened, right? Mm. I was going to Madrasa and I was doing well. I was in year 11 at the time because I was in London before that mm. uh, as we finished the summer holidays and I was in year 10 at the time, uh, my father, my mother, they moved me to Leicester. Yeah, they literally just moved me out because of all the craziness that was taking place in London and some of the things that I was involved in, right? So they moved me to Leicester. Mm. And what happened was, subhanAllah, we started going to Madrasa, right? And I was actually doing well, I was memorizing. But I call it British memorization. So then what happened was, as I finished year 11, I started college, okay? And because I was a bit of a superstar when it comes to different sports, mm. I was very good at football. One of the fears my dad has, or had, was that I'm going to become a football player, okay? And he really didn't want me to go into that at all because of all the filth that comes with it. And, uh, and one time I even had trials for West Ham. You know West Ham United, yeah. right? And uh, I know I'm going a bit, I'm sidetracking here, but this was one of the fears that he had. I left my new trainers in his bedroom, okay? So I've got the trials. I can't remember whether it was the trials or just one step before the trials actually happened, Mm -hmm. right? And I creeped into his room, hoping that he doesn't wake up. So as I creeped into the bedroom, just to take my trainers, because the day before I was showing everybody, right? He woke up, because where are you going? I was like, oh, these these trials and everything, right? And, uh, and this is when a lecture started. He still, I'm sure he still remembers this conversation. A lecture started and, uh, and in the end he just said, you just leave your train and just get out of the room, you know? He didn't want me to get involved in that women life. Uh, you know, khamar comes with it as well, mm-hmm. alcohol, yeah. clubbing. This is the lifestyle of many footballers, right? Yeah. So he really didn't want that for me, for me. So the fact that he stopped that from happening, and subhanAllah, Allah had so much else in store for me. So anyways, there is a, a lot to that as well. So what happened was, when I was going to Madrasa, I got into sixth form. Mm. When I got into sixth form, I was... Um, no, it was actually college, not sixth form, it was, it was college. Um, I got too busy with basketball. Mm. I was quite good at that as well. Mm. Uh, I was in the football team as well. And I was good at table tennis as well. And Madras is normally when? At five o'clock, right? Normally from five to seven. Mm. So if you're finishing college around four o'clock and then you're going to 
after session, uh, doing football and everything else, you get very occupied with your hifd and whatever have you, right? And I, that did really occupy me. So one time I walked into madrasa, and the teachers would be very rough with us, and it was very good for us, you know? Mm-hmm. But this time he wasn't rough because I walked in quite late. He said something to me, uh, a teacher, uh, you know, and it really just tore me apart. Mm. Wallahi, broke me. And sometimes, you know, what somebody says to you can like really have a bigger impact in your life than one doing something to you, right? And uh, he said to me, you're not going to memorize the Quran. Wow. SubhanAllah. Wallahi, that tore me apart. It really, really just broke me, you know? Wow. And <clears throat> I went home. I remember even that day like it was yesterday. And I sat down on the bed. And um, I think I just broke down into tears. Nobody knows this. I don't even think my parents know this, right? Uh, and, and subhanAllah, I wasn't even planning to uh, discuss this today. So um, what happened was I just literally broke down into tears and I made a decision. I'm going to leave. And this was something in the, you know, in the back of the minds of my parents as well. Like we need to go out, study Arabic, uh, do the Quran and then come back and we just basically like go back to uni. Yeah. So what was your first destination? Where did you go? First destination was a place called Dar al-Mustafa. Dar al-Mustafa is in a place called Hadramaut. Mm. And uh, it's more of a, a Sufi ch- uh, type institute. In Yemen. Yeah. In Yemen, yeah. And uh, subhanAllah, we was actually on a, uh, on a tourist visa. Mm. And we actually overstayed. So I was there for around like 10 months. Mm. So you memorizing Quran and yeah, I was memorizing Quran and I was trying to study Arabic as well because mm. this is why my parents mm. they themselves wanted me to go abroad for right uh, memorize the Quran, you know, learn the Arabic language at least give something back to your religion. Mm. We spend all of these years of our lives mm. uh, in the academic system learning about Pythagoras theorem a squared equals b squared plus c squared. Mm. Then the reality is, we don't know the basics of our religion. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I even did one time an experiment. I stood outside of the masjid and I would gather the youngsters and I would just ask them, what does Al-Islam mean? Mm. It was a period, subhanAllah, that I went to, I think, three months continuously, right? Mm. Every khutbah, I spoke about what does Al-Islam mean? Mm. I even went to your message, it was your message as well, Masjid Furqan in Manchester. Manchester yeah. yeah. Well, they and, knew, right? Huh? But we all know, the, they all knew what it meant, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the thing is, they didn't. <clears throat> yeah, some They didn't. Uh, some of them said peace. Mm. Some of them said it's a way of life. Mm. But, uh, you know, it had three components, you know. Al-Islam lillahi bil-tawheed wal-inqiyadu lahu bil-ta'a wal-bara'atu min al-shirki wa ahli. It is to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with monotheism, with the tawheed uh, and to uh, submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in obedience mm. and to free yourself from shirk and his people, right? So there's a very, very deep meaning to Al-Islam but most of these kids, they, they didn't mm. know and that really, really touched me. So my parents were like, you're spending all of these years studying evaporation, mm. uh, condensation, alliteration, whatever have you. Also, you don't use, anyway. You see what I'm yeah. saying? 
and you don't know the basics of your religion, it's, it's just not fair, like, your relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal. And then you have your relationship with everything else. And in reality, um, that certificate that we're chasing, it's not going to benefit in your grave mm. at the end of the day. And I'm not trying to mm. downplay the importance of getting a degree. Course, yeah. I was going to Loughborough University, you know, I was trying to get a degree in civil engineering before I actually left that and I went to Al Medina. Mm. And uh, there's no harm in that at all. Mm. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always second in our lives. Mm. If we really think about it. And I respect anybody who taught me, even if it is a harf, mm. with whatever background they might be. And um, I really do wish that I, because after when I left that institute, mm. um, you know, what you call it, I sent some Facebook posts out mm. about the people who first taught me, right? Mm. In Hadramaut, who come from a Sufi background, right? And uh, I kind of like feel that maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. Mm. You still barely know anything. Mm. And I'm basically sending out what you call a Facebook post telling everybody mm. stay away from that place. There was maybe a better way to go about it. Mm. Yeah. I wanted mm. to touch upon this, mm. uh, touch upon your dawah, because of course, in many ways, I would say that you've been controversial, you know, and which is, what would you, what would you think about that? Like for me to because be you're, as you're, a you're, controversial person? Yeah, no, because mm. like you're saying that, look, you was in confusion, right? You was at the early stages of your study, subhanAllah, you were, you know, hearing different uh, types of beliefs. This was confusing to you to the mm. extent that you nearly got run over, right? Yeah. You know, now you also acknowledge that generally Muslims, they don't know much about their religion. You know, you were conveying Islam, asking the Muslims around the country, mm. what does Islam mean? You know, what is the meaning of Islam? You know, and you acknowledge that they don't. Many people don't know even the mm. basics of their religion. That being the case, when we look at the the dawa scene, what's going on right now, mm. it's very confusing for the average Muslim. You know, you've got sheikhs from different parts of the world saying this about this subject, this about this subject. Many different people saying this person's misguided, this person's misguided, etc. Right. And for the average person, the average Muslim who's going to work, praying their five daily prayers, or maybe even not praying, you know, that's the that's the level you're at, right? Mm. They're very confused. So when we're giving dawah with wisdom, mm. like I would say there's certain parts of dawah that you that I believe you were involved in that I personally felt like I would say was unjust personally. Okay. You know, I don't know what you would say to that. Maybe you want to give you a more specific... <laughs> I, I would say, yeah. I mean, for instance, like, you know, I generally I have a good relationship with many people up and down the UK, you know. I'm, mm. And, um, you know, specifically like a few years ago, there was a discussion going on with uh, Sheikh Haytham mm. al-Haddad and uh, also Adnan Rashid. You know, I know them both. I know, I know Adnan very well. I've traveled with Adnan and uh, Imran and Musa and Ali Dawa and yeah. and even Sheikh Haytham, believe it or not. Yeah. And I've been with you in Medina. And yeah. I kind of know a lot of people, right? So 
I don't particularly know Sheikh Ethan very well. Um, mm. I've met him once, and interestingly enough, the time we did meet, we was actually recording a, a TV series for Peace TV about the preservation of Quran, <laughs> subhanAllah. Ironically, that's what the, the mm. topic was about. This is about four or five years ago. Um, um, and mashallah, I seen him as a, a nice man, you know, mm. and then all I seen was that basically uh, some brothers were, I would say, accusing him of certain things which it, did, it didn't look, it, to be honest, it, I don't think he actually did them things that he's being accused of, mm. you know. Um, and I felt it was unjust, basically. Mm. Mm. You know how we uh, earlier spoke about, you know, sometimes when uh, you're involved in something that is happening around you and everybody kind of like thinks the same, okay? And everybody's kind of pushing the same view. It can be sometimes very difficult to just think outside of the box, okay? So um, you're probably referring to some of the incidents that happened before I went to Medina. This is after I spent four years in in, uh, in Yemen. I came back, I think I stayed for like what? Somewhat close to two years. Mm. And a lot of things happened. A lot, a lot of things happened. And there is things that I really truly regret. And I'm going to come on to that mm. inshallah ta'ala. Mm. And I'm going to tell you things that I've barely not tell, told anyone. Mm. Um, so what happened was, um, when I came to Medina, I started contemplating a lot started thinking about a lot of the things that I did in them two years where a lot of things happened. Mm. Okay, and because obviously you've now come out of all of that controversy that's taking place, mm. it allows you to just look at things mm. outside the box, right? Um, I remember SubhanAllah, Brother Umar, um, his son-in-law, right? Came up to me. Oh, uh, Omar. Has, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came up to me, and uh, while I was sitting in the haram, I was memorizing, right? And he came and he said, "I just want to talk to you." I didn't know who he was. Okay, so he sat down with me and he said to me, "Akhi, I really want to talk to you about something." And you know, somebody who comes up to me and says, "I want to talk to you about something," mm. and wants to gift me with my mistakes. Wallah, I love it. There's these levels of, of of mistakes, right? Or levels of uh, disagreements. Mm. There's these, valid, dis dis these yeah. valid disagreements which are permissible with, you know, opinions or whatever. Mm. And then there's also like, uh, you know, things that are not acceptable, mm. you know, and, and it's kind of like for the lay person, how do you kind of filter, yeah. you know, like what people are saying, you know, yeah. it, is that, you know, because sometimes they're being refuted for things which are like... Fiqhi related yeah, issues. Fiqhi related. Like, Specifically, when you're speaking about the, you know, uh, the the Shia thing with uh, Sheikh Haytham and and mm. the, you know, the also the uh, some of his rulings mm. regarding uh, student loans and things like this, mm. I felt personally, even though I I don't know him so so well, mm. I just felt that it, it, it was. Yeah, I'm going to come on to that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to come on to that. So let me just see how. Uh, let me just explain now how mm. I went through that process of just really just thinking about yeah. issues and contemplating specifically on this yeah. matter that you just mentioned. Omar comes up to me, right? And he says to me, he said X, Y, and Z. Mm. And don't you think that's wrong, Akhi? And we had other discussions as well, and there's no need to mention it now because it was private discussions. 
things that we differ on. Uh, but he did say that to me. And I, I promised him one thing. And wallahi, the first thing that I said to him, Akhi, look, I don't want to oppress anybody. And I told him the hadith when the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa he himself said, وَإِنِّي لَأَرْجُوا أَنْ أَلْقَى اللَّهَ تَعَالَى وَلَيْسَ أَحَدٌ مِنْكُمْ يَطْلُبُنِي بِمَظْلِمَةٍ فِي دَمٍ وَلَمَانٍ The Messenger is saying this, right? Look at the fear that he has. Mm. I want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's nobody, okay, that is holding me to account for blood money, for me having taken his wealth unjustly. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And speaking about an individual and oppressing him yeah. falls into that same category. I don't personally want that. Okay, I really don't want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. and I've oppressed somebody. Even Sufyan al-Thawr, I'm going to mention this and I think it's very, very important. Right? Yeah. And excuse me for mentioning these benefits because, you know, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Al-Asma'i, he said, Awsa Sufyan al-Thawr, Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith this one, he was the man when it comes to hadith, right? From the tabi'u tabi'in. Sufyan al-Thawri, he mentioned in his will, and tutfana kutubu, that some of his books are buried. Lish? Because he regretted some of the things that he wrote in this book about other people. You see? And, and one powerful thing as well, subhanAllah, that I'm going to mention, that plays on my mind all the time. And Layth ibn Sa'ad, the great scholar of Egypt, okay, um, he said that a man wrote to Abdullah ibn Umar, the great companion, right? The son of Umar ibn Khattab. Aniktub ilayya Please write down all of knowledge for me. Mm. That's a big question. Mm. He said to him in his response, Inna al-ilma kathir. Mm. Knowledge is very vast. Walakin, but, in istata'ta an talqa Allah ta'ala khafifa al-dhahri min dima'ihim. If you're able to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're not carrying that big burden of having taken a life, Okay, or having taken a life, right? Like you have a light back. You're not carrying that big burden, right? And also your stomach is void from the wealth of others. And your tongue again is free from the honors of others. Okay? You've refrained your tongue from having spoken about the honors of others unjustly, right? Mm. And you're also sticking to the jama'ah, uh, the congregation of the Muslims, then do so. Mm. Both these uh, narrations that are mentioned in Sirah Alam al-Nubala, right? So, Wallahi, it's, it's, it's something that really, you know, I think about it a lot. Um, and again, if I've oppressed mm. anybody, I really would wish for them to message me in mm. and just tell me and I'll be happy to mm. maybe retract. Mm. Um, so this is an issue that I think about a lot. So he came up to me and he said to me that, Akhi, look into this issue again. So he told me to my face, like, and I really appreciate that to this very day. Mm. And I've never said that to him that I appreciate, but I really do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I just, 
you know, look at the different, even though me and him disagree, like we've had discussions and mm. we do not see eye to eye on many things, mm. right? And um, so, yeah. So as time is going on, this is right at the beginning of the four years, right? Every now and again, I would see what you call it, a za'ir, a, uh, somebody who's come to do umrah, right? Or even in hajj sometimes. Only when I went to Medina, I realized how powerful YouTube is. Obviously, it's by the permission of Allah Azza wa But I don't think I actually realized mm. the amount of people that were watching me mm. and mm. in the different places of the world, they were watching me until I went to Medina. Like many people would come up to me, so much so that a brother mentioned, bro, are you like a, a tourist spot in the Haram or something? Mm. Huh? So there would be many people who appreciate what you're doing. People would say to me, Akhi, you know, you said that, I love you for the sake of Allah, but I really think you should um, look into this issue again. Mm. And, uh, and through that period, I would be making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me the tawfiq, to give me the success to really just find the right answer on this issue, right? Mm. So the last two years, this is when this issue really just built up. Mm. It took pace, right? Uh, I started praying istikhara more on this issue, right? And then just before last summer, or just before this summer, um, I ran into Abdul Hakim, Abdul Hakim Hassan. Well, the, uh, the brother of Abdul Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time me and him uh, actually had a full-on discussion. Because obviously, he's, the brother has knowledge as well. And he can look at issues in a different way than a general commoner would, right? Mm. So um, I stayed in the hotel, me and him and Brother Yahya, Rabi and, and some, another graduate from Al Medina. We stayed in the same room. And I'm not going to go into the ins and the outs, but this specific issue. So we, after everybody woke up, everybody just sat down. And we just started talking about some of the things that have happened in the past. And one of the things that I really took out of that sitting was that the preconceived um, notions and messages that people had about me of things that I did, which I didn't. Mm, mm. Okay? And um, like that I did tabdiyah, that I called so-and-so an innovator, that I called Dr. Haytham an innovator, which I didn't. I've never called him an innovator. Mm. Rebuking somebody's mistakes is part of the religion. Mm. I can come up to you, John, if you've done something publicly, right? I can maybe deal with it online. Mm. If you've done it online, as Sheikh Al-Sam Taymi mentions, that the private sin is dealt with privately. Mm. The public is dealt with publicly, right? Mm. But the fact now that I'm rebuking you, mm. does it necessitate that I see you to be an innovator? Mm. <clears throat> Applying the tabdiyah is not for anybody. Mm. Like us students, yeah. whether it's Abdurrahman, whether it's myself, whether it's any other student of knowledge, this is a scholarly matter. Yeah. Okay? And the evidence is, and of course, I'm sure you don't want to go into this at this moment in time. But, yeah. Um, and I never did that. And I, I, like, to me, I was really shocked. Mm. For somebody to say, like, uh, but did you do this? And people are saying that you did this, and which I never ever did. Mm. In fact, I rebuked some of my own brothers, right, for doing tabdiyah 
on what's his name, um, Ali Dawa, Dr. Haytham. And I told them, bro, you might disagree with them, you might see them mm. to be a certain way, but that's not your place. Mm. And I still, to this very day, say this, right? Um, so, and they really opened up this issue. This was the first time, mm. you know, the Hakim had like a back and forth about his issues, right? Before, I just used to see him and mm. we would run into each other in the haram, we'd give salams, and he was never. And a lot of khair for me came out of that sitting, he really did. And then this issue came up. And he goes, look, I, I don't agree with him mm. on the issues and the things and that he says and whatnot. Mm. But actually, that was oppression. Mm. Mm. Okay? And while this discussion is going on, I feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is answering some of my supplications that I've been asking him for and and um, and it's kind of like further verifying what I need to do now. And it was particularly the Shia issue when mm -hmm. Dr. Haytham <clears throat> went to that sitting uh, that was under the banner of uniting with the Shiites, right? Which our brothers, Abdurrahman and Imran, um, with that video that they put out, um, and again, people think that, subhanAllah, that I was one of the guys that were consulted behind that video, right? Yeah. Think a lot of people yeah. think that the younger brothers are being pushed by the likes of you and other people, mm. kind of fed information, and to because Imran. they have followings, mm. it's kind of like, you know, pushed out there. Mm. A lot of people have that. I mean, was you, did, did you basically tell him to do that video? Firstly, I was never consulted. Even just, um, you know, I was, I was never ever consulted. I didn't know a video like that was going on. If we're going to be fair and just, right? Um, and I'm going to talk about the mistake and how I feel like uh, I was oppressive, right? So all, of, all I was told is that a video is coming out, okay? And it's going to be a big video. Mm. And I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything like that. We're just speaking facts here, right? Mm. Uh, because again, people are getting the impression I've been receiving messages that were you part of it? Did you push him out or did he consult you or whatever have you? And um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, mm. I really wasn't. Um, I personally had nothing to do with it because you have to understand, I live in Leicester. Mm. And him and Abdurrahman are, are, are in London, right? And they're having classes with one another every day. And me and Imran, like, we have a very different relationship than that which he has with Abdurrahman, right? Mm. Uh, my relationship with him is, bro, I'm not like enforcing my view, but this is my view. Mm. And I have that kind of relationship with everybody else in da'wah. Mm. This is my view on the issue. I'm not going to force it down your throat. But I think you're wrong and this is my reasons for it. It's up to you what you do. I've never been type of, I've never been the type of individual who enforces his views. Mm. And even Imran will testify to that, right? Um, he would ask me questions and I'd basically give him my input. Did we ever sit down and I taught him a book from cover to cover? That was never the case. Mm. Okay? But um, 
like the relationship we had was, or we still have is, like we benefit one another, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I like these discussions of al-fiqh, you know, that mm-hmm. we have. Uh, and I just see that as what you call it, you know, like a classroom type of environment that mm-hmm. maybe the best way to put it, you have your zameen, your classmate next to you, and you discuss issues. Mm-hmm. So we have these kind of discussions. But I would never enforce my view on anybody mm-hmm. or threaten him. Bro, if you do this or you don't do this, then I'm going to leave you. I'm going to distance myself from you. And there's times we disagree. Um, so I had nothing to do with that video. Mm. So when the video got released, I watched it twice. And obviously is that the heat at the moment, and I'm not trying to downplay what I did because it was wrong, I believe, right? And I'm going to come on to that in more detail in a moment. And I spread that video. Mm. And obviously, you have to understand, I'm seeing one side of the story here. Mm. These are my brothers, Abdurrahman, Imran, um, whatever they're putting out, I trust them, right? We've been doing da'wah together and uh, I became convinced, which again, you need to listen always to the other side as well. You need to listen to the opponent as well. Mm. Or if there's like a full video, you should look at that as well, right? Mm. Uh, that reminds me of a statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He said, لا تكونوا عجلا بذرا. Do not be individuals who are hasty, who rush to doing things. They start announcing things the moment they come to know about something, right? And بذران, spreading the secrets of something that you know, you've been informed about. You have to hear both sides. Yeah. I mean, this is the mistake of Dawood yeah. you know, when he judged without hearing the other side, yeah, exactly, Allah yeah. corrected him, subhanAllah. Yeah, and Allah Azza wa correct him, إِنَّ هَذَا أَخِي لَهُ تِسْعُونَ وَتِسْعُونَ نَعْجَةٌ وَلِيَ نَعْجَةٌ وَاحِدَةٌ What did he say? لَقَدْ ظَلَمَكَ بِسُؤَالِ نَعْجَتِكَ He oppressed you, straight away. But then, فَاسْتَغْفَرَ رَبَّهُ وَخَرَّ رَاكِعًا وَأَنَابٍ He sought repentance then. And also, subhanAllah, something that the Messiah taught Ali ibn Abi Talib, in the Sunnah Abi Dawood, he said, إِذَا تَقَاضَ إِلَيْكَ رَجُلًا if two people they try to seek your judgment, فَلَا تَقْضِي لِلْأَوَّلِ حَتَّى تَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ الْآخَرِ فَسَوْفَ تَدْرِي كَيْفَ تَقْضِي Then do not rush to taking any of their sides until you hear the other person out. And by doing this, you will know how to judge accordingly. And this is a very important mm-hmm. advice to the millennials as well on social media. But the moment they hear a brother or a sister saying something about somebody else and everybody's retweeting it, you're jumping the gun. It's one of the things that my dad taught me as well. You know, and uh, subhanAllah, I wish I may have like acted upon that advice. Mm. He said to me, and he said this to me when I was still running around in London mm. causing mayhem. Muhammad, because he's seen I was a bit quick and mm. defending my friends and I was always like the brave heart. I wasn't the strongest of people. I get thrown to the ground, I get hurt. I've been sliced a couple of times as well. But I would always kind of like be there. If my friend called me, I'll be there. He says, Muhammad, if you was to see somebody who's bleeding all over his body and his eyes poking out, do not rush to taking his side. You don't know what he's just done. Mm. He could have been the oppressor fighting with somebody else. And that person managed to get a couple of blows, but he got the final uh, fatal blow that led Mm. to him dying, right? Yeah. So 
I listened to that and I promoted it and I rushed with it and uh, I remember even I took the link and I put my name at the bottom and saying yeah this is right and I spread it mm. and um, yeah I put it onto my YouTube channel as well yeah. but I took it down I think around like a year ago so maybe a year so, and a half ago so it had been up for how many years? it was up for like two years mm. and like a year and a half ago I took it down because I said this issue maybe requires me to really look into it and around that time I dropped a message to Dr. Haytham and I said look I disagree with you on and I don't want to go into the ins and outs because it was a private message right but I said to him I did not do tabdeer on you I never called you an innovator Okay, mm. this is not my place. So just so you know that I did not do the tabdiyah. This is not my place as a small student of knowledge. Like, mm. it's not for us to kind of like, even if I spent eight years now studying, it is not my place to be doing this. Mm. This is something that we leave to the scholars. And there is a big scholarly discussion as to whether a talib ilm, a student can do tabdiyah. I don't think you want to go into mm. this at this moment in time. Wallahi, I just realized if you open the door for... The, the, students of knowledge mm. to do this is going to become mayhem. Well, look, yeah. wouldn't you say that for yeah. lay people, yeah. the video itself is that. Mm. That's how the lay people understand it. You may not say, okay, this person is an innovator, but by sharing a video, that's what it's implying. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. You know, you know, no, you no, might... I, I, I take the responsibility. Yeah. I pushed that video out. I was, mm. I, yeah, I was the guy who, after I saw the video, I mm. stood by them. Yeah. And I still defended it mm. when Adnan Rashid came running at me inside Hyde Park. Yeah. Even that has like a background, of, a background story of why I seemed very, very surprised and very shocked mm. as to why he was maybe acting like that, right? Because subhanAllah, like one thing that my parents have always like nurtured me on is to respect my elders with the way I speak to them, right? So... When the debate that was going on, you know, Abdurrahman Hassan, Ustad Abdurrahman mm. Hassan, and myself with Asrar Rashid, you know, the whole. I remember, yeah, yeah. That, that, that debate that went absolutely viral, mm. right? Adnan Rashid was actually sitting there. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I don't know if you know, but Adnan Rashid yeah, is sitting yeah, in the yeah, crowd, right? And he's messaging me. Mm. He's messaging me, saying, and he's speaking in a very respectful way. Mm. I know he doesn't see me to be a sheikh, but he's saying, Sheikh Abu Taymi, make sure you say this. Mm. Sheikh, say this, and whatever have you, right? I know, like I said, I'm not his mm. sheikh, or I know it, but he's saying this yeah, out yeah. of respect. Yeah, yeah. So that's the last time I saw Adnan Rashid. Okay. And he's saying, make sure you say this and make sure, mm. you know, you don't say this or whatever have you. So for me now to see him running at me, like, not running physically at me, but coming at me the way he did. Yeah. I'm like in shock, like, why, you be, why, why is this mm. happening? And I realized he wasn't actually looking for me in that park. That's the first time I've ever been to Hyde Park. Mm. We happened to be, me and my cousin, Siraj, we happened to be in a, on Edgeware Road. We went to get mm. a munch because mm. I was leaving maybe in a couple of days, right? And I just wanted to spend time with my cousin, one of my closest cousins. And I think he follows uh, Ali Dao on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Until now, I don't know how Snapchat works. I just, but he's seen him in Hyde Park. And he was like, let's go. It's like, I don't like that place, man. I really mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. don't like the whole environment. 
So in the end we agreed, we went. So this is the first time like I've actually seen what goes on there. And at the time, there was this guy, there was this, there was he, an African guy, I don't know if he was Jamaican, he was trying to make the Prophet وسلم, look like a barbaric individual. Non-Muslim, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's non-Muslim, yeah. yeah. And Ali Da was actually debating with him. Mm. So I came and Ali Da was like, listen, Akhi, this guy's going to answer you. So while me and Ali Dawa were actually debating this guy, um, that's when Adnan Rashid said to me, come, I want to talk to you. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's nothing wrong. So I go stand with him in the corner and, and actually he was really upset. And um, I didn't even know they were recording, man. You can clearly see my reaction in the video. Yeah. And I seen he's trying to record it or whatnot. And, mm. and I'm just in shock. And I just didn't like what he did. Mm. And, and I understand why he was upset. He was angry. I don't hold him to account yeah. for it. People get upset because his face was in the video as well. And, um, but at the, at the same time, mm. this tactic, if mm. you like, of you know, pulling the camera out, mm. you know, grabbing someone, speaking. Mm. It's also done by people you associate with as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where people just pull out a camera, start speaking or start uh, interviewing somebody, you know, on the spot, trying to sort out problems on camera, mm. you know, because I think it was the same day in Hyde Park. It wasn't just you. Mm. It ended up in a, as a debate, right? Yeah, the thing just went on as and, I, on, as, and on. as I remember, there was Imran... Um, and I think uh, Adnan Rashid. No, you that were, was a completely different time. Was that a different day? That was a completely okay, different but, day. Okay, yeah. well, that particular day yeah. as well, mm. again, cameras out, yeah. sort, trying to sort out these issues yeah. on camera. Mm. You know? Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, but that, that wasn't Imran's camera. Everybody was recording then. No, but yeah. Every, yeah. the thing is, all these people, mm. <laughs> they use cameras a lot. Mm. You know. Now Hyde Park, it's, I realize it's, it's a park. there is no permission there. Yeah, the, I, like like I'm going to Hyde Park, not knowing yeah. what's going on. I've never yeah. been to Hyde Park yeah, before, yeah. and then. But that's it. Once yeah. you're in Hyde once Park, you there's no go rules. there. Everybody records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. was it? What did they call it? No discretion or whatever. Yeah, you got. You got <laughs> that's it. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. sign your your rights away, and that's yeah. it. So what I'm saying is, like, it's not just kind of okay. They they pulled out the camera mm. and. They were obviously upset. No, I'm thinking Adnan Rashid yeah. is coming to talk to me yeah. in a respectful manner because this is the respectful relationship that mm. I had in the past, right? Uh, you can't go from what you call it, speaking to me in a respectful mm. way, saying, Sheikh, do this and then Sheikh, mm. do that. I know you don't see me to be a Sheikh, but that's just showing your good manners of how you speak to people. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the scales get turned like, mm. and everything just goes 180. And then you're angry and you're and I don't know, me and him haven't had the conversation mm. in that period. Mm. See what I'm saying? But I think, yeah. I think, I think you might not realize mm. how everything came across on yeah, there. Yeah, maybe I because, because they were very upset. Mm. Yeah. You know, because as I said, you know, I'm not particularly, I'm not particularly, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not got a loyalty to anyone in yeah. particular. But what I'm saying is, I you're could. Uh? <laughs> no, I could see, I could, I could recognize yeah. and I could see the injustice mm. after watching the whole video where he was literally giving dawah to Shia. 
No, like this is he, exactly he, the point like, that Subhanallah, Abdul like, Hakim in front of yeah. we, was, we, was, we were in a hotel like right in front of the yeah. camera, right? He said to me, watch this video. Mm. Akhi John, mm. Wallahi, that night I think I watched it eight times. Mm. And I think around the, the sixth or the seventh time I just broke down to tears. Wallahi al-Azim. And I went to the Kaaba, Akhi. And even before, time, before that, there was times when I went to the Kaaba, I asked Allah Azza wa That's how much this mm. issue was really bothering me, mm. right? Because obviously these are your friends. Mm. They've told you something. And I know now, if I'm wrong, I have to clarify this publicly. Because mm. whatever I did, because even when me and Adnan Rashid are going back, I was like, what he's doing is wrong. I still defended it publicly. We say this all the time, then if we find ourselves having made a mistake, Publicly, it's not easy mm. to come out on cam now yeah. and you speak out and your friends did a video, right? Mm. And they're the two closest people to me, right? Uh, at the time. Um, and now I have to basically kind of speak out. Yeah. And it might come across as if I'm trying to throw them under the rug, which yeah. I'm not trying to do. I'm just trying to clarify this mm. particular issue yeah. in this video. Mm. There was, of course, a lot of mm. other things that were mm. mentioned. Mm. This issue that I defended in Hyde Park, mm. that I also, okay, you, really just kind of like stepped on it and um, I held my ground on it at the time, right? Mm -hmm. When I watched that video, Allah, uh, yani he, he keeps on saying, إِن كُنَّا نُرِيدُ الْعَقِيدَةِ If we really want to unite, we have to rectify and treat the Aqeedah. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just, when I saw that video, it just, I said to myself now, the bigger challenge is now, I have to now clarify this. Because Allah says this, right? Yeah. Those who repent, they clarify and they mm. rectify. Mm. Mm. And again, like, I'll make this crystally clear. Um, I'm retracting from this very point, mm. this point here, mm. which I personally have come to the conclusion it was mm. not right. Mm. And I know the brothers, they might have their own way of looking at things, mm. but I want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. This issue which we can maybe assume, mm. I don't want to be part of it, mm. right? Because everybody has to answer for themselves. Mm. As Allah mentions, وَكُلُّهُمْ آتِيهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَرْضًا mm. Everybody's going to come by himself on يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Imran's not going to be standing by me, Abdurrahman's not going to be standing by me. يَوْمِ يَفِرُ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ the day when uh, mm. one is going to run away from his brother, his mother and mm. his father. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be like mm. safe on this issue. Yeah. And we have to hold, all the, uh, hold mm. ourselves to account all the time. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to mention this narration that's come to my mind now, right? Of Umar ibn Khattab. And I think it's, it has a very good message in it. One time a man came to uh, Umar ibn Khattab. And جَاءَ يَشْكُ إِلَيْهِ لِرَجُلٍ Mm. He came to complain about somebody who oppressed him. Umar ibn Khattab was busy with dealing with the affairs of the Muslims. You know what he said to him? أَتَتْرُكُونَ الْخَلِيفَةَ حِينَ يَكُونَ وَحِينَ يَكُونُ فَارِغًا فَتَأْتُونَهُ إِذَا شُغِلَ بِأَمْرِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ He got annoyed. Whenever I'm free, you guys don't come to me. But when I get busy, then that's when you guys come to me. What did he end up doing? He got a, uh, 
uh, you know the thing that you lash people with? Mm. He lashed him with it. He got annoyed, he got upset. The man left while he was very sad. So as time went on, Umar ibn Khattab remembered what he did to him. He with me. And he asked for somebody to bring him. So he was brought. And he gave him the whip. And he goes, whip me. He goes, no, I'm not going to whip you. Taraktu lillahi walak. I've left my right with you and also with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? He goes, la. Umar said, choose one of the two. He goes, okay, I'm going to leave it for Allah. Allah is going to deal with it. Yeah? So Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said some very powerful things, right? He said, ya Umar, kunta wadi'an Allah. You were somebody who was very low and Allah Azza wa raised you, right? You were somebody who was poor and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored you and enriched you. A man came to you to seek your assistance for oppression that happened to him. Instead of helping him, you ended up oppressing him. What are you going to say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you meet him? So then the narrator says, He kept on holding himself to account so much so the people started feeling sorry for him. Mm. He went into his house, he prayed to Raka'ani just like, you know. And he's the one that said, right? Hold yourself to account before that day comes when you're held to account, right? Unless something is like crystally clear, Mm. I personally don't want to be part of a point where there's even a possibility that you're mm. wrong. See mm. what I'm saying? So um, this is just, yeah, it's, it's one of the really uh, biggest regrets that I've had. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, a very uh, good thing, you know, it's a good thing to, a brave thing to recognize publicly. Yeah. And I think it's a good, uh, it's a very good thing to show the youth and the followers, the people Mm -hmm. that benefit from you and people that are watching the Dawah. I think it it shows that, look, at the end of the day, we're Muslims, right? Mm. You know, we don't agree on everything. And uh, you've really got to fear Allah. Yeah. SubhanAllah, it's not, it's, it's a very serious thing. And I wanted to ask you as well, because like you're saying, you never specifically said that. But as I said, said what? Uh, said that uh, Sheikh Haytham uh, is innovating or things yeah. like that. But as I said, by sharing such videos yeah. for the everyday Muslim, it can imply that, you know. And even when you use terms like when you when people label people Ikhwani or this, this is also the same thing. This is also implying that that 
and, mm. and it could imply that somebody is an innovator. It could imply even that someone is a terrorist. You, yeah. you know, like you have to understand that there's one thing where people say, oh, is Ikhwani, right? But when it's used in the, in the sense of like, Ikhwana Muslimin, mm. right? Especially when you're thinking about the political situation now we're mm. living in. That if somebody does get labeled a certain group, yeah. this could be very dangerous for mm. an individual as well. Do, do you understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's not true. Like, subhanAllah, like, do you understand what yeah, I mean? No, I, like, I, there's, I certain, yeah. there's, there's huge implications to that. Yeah, because in many countries they're labeled as a terrorist group, right? It's a terrorist organization. Yeah, it's, a terrorist organization yeah. it, it's classed as a terrorist organization, yeah. especially in the Middle East, right? Mm -hmm. And also they hold, uh, you know, they're known to hold certain views, yeah. which are which could be seen that way. Yeah. Which which yeah, it's, it's very problematic. Very problematic. Yeah. You know, like yeah. from a political standing point, you know, such as uh, from uh, you know that certain opinions they hold regarding. Warfare and uh, political situations. This this is quite problematic. Yeah, yeah. And from a Muslim perspective in a Muslim country, obviously that that's something that they propagate, right? If you have other individuals who might not even do that, and then you label them as that, they'll just basically be thrown in. Oh, I think that's what you're trying oh, to say, right? Even even just labeling mm. someone mm. Ikhwani, right? Just for not agreeing with your fiqh opinion. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is what it's come down to in certain cases. Like I, I, you understand okay, I, what I I've, mean? I've been called an Ikhwani. Yeah. And I've got nothing to do with them. Yeah. If anything, my da'wah is like literally black and yeah. what they yeah. you could basically yeah. look at it as that. Yeah. It's crystally clear what but, I call but, to. But right? this but this uh. you know, you have to understand the, uh. the, the implications of it. Mm. Like you can't just throw around these terms. Mm. You know, for instance, to, to give the audience a bit more understanding, right? If I go around mm. labeling you a terrorist in the UK, mm. imagine <laughs> that, imagine yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The government, if anyone hears that, right? The police, they're going to have to research that, bro. Mm. They're going to have to now do a report on you. They're going to go and maybe raid your house, uh, you know, check mm. your computers, do some back, mm. you know, you understand what I mean? Mm. It has implications. You, everyone understands that if you go around labeling people a terrorist, mm. that it's a problem. Yeah. That Especially is a huge UK, problem. problem. That's yeah. exactly what it is in in Muslim countries. Mm. If you label someone like that, and even though that we're not even talking about that particular Ikhwan Muslimin group, we're talking about people who just label Ikhwani mm. in in kind of a, a very loose kind of manhaj perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? A few maybe a few points of uh, manhaj or something which you don't agree on. Mm. You understand what I mean? Might be important points. Some of them might even be valid differences, right? Okay, so, I'm going to mention it, a principle that Sheikh Al-Samitini yeah. mentions, right? He says, not everybody that falls into kufr is a kafir. Mm -hmm. Not everybody that falls into mm -hmm. bid'ah, he's a muftidi'ah. Mm -hmm. Like, and this is very well known in yeah. books of, you know, at Lawabit yeah. takfir yeah. and and it is, it, I thought maybe it was quite obvious, mm -hmm. but to a lot of people, the moment mm. you refute somebody yeah. for a particular issue, that doesn't necessitate that he becomes yeah. an innovator. Yeah. Akhi, look. But, but listen, yeah. You, yeah. We, we, we've yeah. already discussed yeah. the lay people don't yeah, they, can't explain yeah. Islam to you. So maybe though. it's a good, You're it's the a good one point talk, now to... You taught me that. You yeah. taught me the lay people can't articulate yeah. what Islam means. Yeah. 
So <laughs> they don't understand these mm. things. Yeah. So there's a, there's a massive point mm. there. You, you understand yeah. what I mean? So uh, l l let's put down some principles with regards mm. to this very quickly, right? Rebuking, defending Al-Islam is part of our religion, yeah. right? Shaykh al-Islam Ta'ala, he says, إِذَا سَكَتْتُ أَنَا وَسَكَتْتَ أَنْتْ وَمَتَى يُعْرَفُ الْجَاهِلُ الصَّحِيحِ مِنَ السَّقِيمِ If I'm quiet and you're quiet, how are the people going to differentiate between somebody who's right and somebody who's wrong? Yeah. People yeah. are not going to know. So mm. clarification is required. Mm. It mm. is part of the religion. Yeah. The Messenger وسلم, rebuked. Mm. And there's many evidences for it, right? One time there's a narration, the Messenger وسلم, saying, What a bad member he is of his mm. tribe. Mm. And like earlier we mentioned, even Imam Al-Nawi he talks about backbiting. Yeah. Okay, talking about how backbite is impermissible, right? And then after he has a chapter, the chapter of what is permissible from ghiba. Mm. And one of the things that he mentions is until the end of the two lines of poetry, he says, warning against somebody who you fear mm. is going to have his religion polluted. It is mm. part of our religion. Mm -hmm. And this issue is Aziz. Mm. When you speak about, forget about innovator, when you speak about kafir, mm -hmm. let alone an innovator, you have to use insaf. Mm. You have to be fair and just. Let me use the worst example possible. Okay, the worst example. Mm. If somebody is saying that Jesus is the son of a God, mm. Okay, there's many of our uh, Muslim brothers who refute the atheists and the, and the Christians, right? If that guy is saying that Jesus is the son of God, Wallahi, it is not lawful for you to say that he also believes that Uzair is the son of God as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you like an example, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got a Shiite, mm. okay, who might curse Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. You can't say about him when he doesn't, that he curses Abu Bakr and Umar. Mm -hmm. Akhi Shaykh al-Islam al-Tayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he says something very powerful. He says, فَالْعَدْلُ وَاجِبٌ لِكُلِّ أَحَدٍ عَلَى كُلِّ أَحَدٍ وَفِي كُلِّ حَالٍ Adl, justice, is something that is mandatory. Upon every single individual, mm -hmm. and whoever he speaks about in every single situation. Mm -hmm. Something very powerful that he mentions is as well, وَالْكَلَامُ فِي النَّاسِ يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ بِعِلْمٍ وَعَدْلٍ when speaking about others, it has to be done with ilm, with knowledge, and also with justice. Mm. Not with ignorance and oppression, like, as this is the way of the people of innovation. He's telling you the way of the people of innovation is that they speak about others in an ignorant way and without knowledge. Yeah. He also says something else, right? He says, so I'm just going a bit. Mm. It is not lawful for one to oppress mm. another individual even if the guy is a kafir. Mm. Sometimes the hate we have for a person, it pushes us now to oppress him. And this mm. is when he quotes the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, Don't let the hate that you have mm. in your heart, Allah is mentioning yeah. in Surah Al-Ma'idah, entice you now to being oppressive. Mm. And this can also be stretched to the lay Muslims, uh, you know, mm. even the Shia, the lay Shia, mm. talking about, you know, the ones who ignorant, mm -hmm. you know, there's certain sects within Islam who are 
doing shirk, mm. they're mm. doing kufr, right? You can't just, they don't just do takfir on the lay people. Mm. This they, is an issue, John, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's called al-udru bil-jahal. Mm. We find some of our own scholars, mm. it's, it's a very deep topic. Yeah. And I don't think it's a, it's, yeah. it's a good idea now to discuss this yeah. issue. Uh, an army guy, a general <laughs> commoner, who is now going to the graves and he's praying to the, that the, shrine the, or whatever the, have the, you. The point I want to make yeah. is yeah. that they need dawah. Mm. They need to be, they need to be yeah. educated with dawah, with mm. wisdom, with gentleness. Mm. Definitely, yeah. You understand? Because the end goal is to guide them. That's, that's right. Going in strong in a Western country where there's no leadership in and Islam. throwing takfir on them, yeah, of course. You, you it's not the right way forward. Like, yeah. especially yeah. when you live in, in a non-Muslim world, mm. right, in, in this part, right, mm. where we live in, in the West, there's no authority, subhanAllah, on Islam. You can't just say, Sheikh said, Sheikh said, they don't listen. You know, they, they, we have to use wisdom to, to bring people, you know, to... Yeah, I always mention this example, yeah. right? If you think about it, the worst of those to ever walk on the face of this earth, Fir'aun. The man who claimed, Ana Rabbukum al I'm your Lord the Most High, right? While he was saying this, Allah sends Musa and Harun to Fir'aun. Did he say to him, go and chop his head off? He never said that. Did he say to him, go and speak to him in a very harsh manner? He said, Speak to him in a gentle way so that he may think and he may become conscious of Allah as well by fearing him and so on and so forth. But like, even Musa had enough. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you're mathburad, you're, yeah. you're okay. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you know, but the point is yeah. he'd done the dawah, yeah. right? He, yeah. he'd, he'd given the message, he'd given it. all the miracles, yeah. the yeah. signs. But there's, yeah, you know, once that's that. been done, yeah. <laughs> subhanAllah. Yeah. You know, you're not in yeah. control of them, yeah. right? All you can do is just deliver. Yeah. And um, yeah. and uh, one other very important point that I wanted to mention is that I was telling some brothers this the other day. We have to prepare ourselves mm. mentally mm. that for years to come, some of our grandkids, wallahi, they might turn around one day and say that I'm homosexual. Mm. Mm. Now let me tell you a story of one of the masajid, right? It's in Manchester, but I'm not going to mention the masajid's name. Yeah. Not my <laughs> <laughs> I gave a khutbah there. I gave a khutbah there. It's not my masjid. <laughs> no, I actually go to a number yeah, of masajid in the north. Oh, in Manchester, <laughs> in Blackburn, yeah, in, yeah, in, um, in Accrington mm. and Bradford. I've been yeah. to all of these places. Well, obviously now we can't, but normally in the summers I go around to all of these places, yeah, right? And there's a number of masajid in Manchester. Mm. Stop trying to <laughs> one specifically. Well, my masjid is on the hack, bro. <laughs> I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. So, in the khutbah, yeah. <laughs> I, I spoke about um, the LGBT, okay? Yeah. And uh, from a very, very knowledge-based perspective, mm. okay? And, uh, and how the Muslim should deal with this kind of situation, mm. okay? Basically, everything that was mentioned, what Al-Islam mentions or whatever have you, right? A man came up to me right at the end. You know what he said to me, Akhi? He goes, I caught my son having a haram, unlawful relationship with a girl. Wallahi, Akhi, this is a true story, right? He said this to me. But I told him off. You know, I put him straight. But as I was walking off, 
I said to myself, Alhamdulillah, he's actually chosen a girl instead of a boy. Wallahi. I said to myself, like, this is the point mm-hmm. some of the parents have reached. It could possibly mm. be that your son turns around tomorrow and he says, this is my boyfriend. But what are you mm. as a parent going to do if you're mm. not happy with this? Mm. Are you going to tear his head off? This is, we, we just have to like accept the fact that this could possibly happen. Yeah. And we have to ready ourselves that it could happen. But what are you going to do? That's the question. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to what I mentioned about Musa, right? Mm. And also Fir'aun. Fir'aun, he claimed, I'm your Lord, the Most High. Mm. And then we obviously have to look at the different sins that are out there, right? And saying, I'm your Lord, the Most High, is without a shadow of a doubt the worst thing you could ever say, or ever do, or claim. If Musa spoke to him in a gentle way, mm-hmm. and me bearing in mind, I know that from the signs of the hour, as the Messiah mm. said, Minashat al Sa'ah, from the signs of the hour is the ilm is going to what? Reduce. Mm. Ignorance is going to become what? Widespread, prevalent. Mm. And also zina is going to become widespread. Mm. It's here already. Zina taking place. Whatever kind you want to you know, even speak about, it's all there. Just type in some of these hashtags on social media. What's the name? Um, you see it quite prevalent now. People mm. boasting about what you call it. As Zina, yeah, what he yeah. did last night, yeah. it's, it's like there is no shyness anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever form of Zina, you know, because Zina is from, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need to get too explicit with regards mm-hmm. to it, right? It's out there. We are being told this is from the signs of the hour, and killings are signs of the hour as well. How are you going to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Today, your daughter might bring a guy home who's not even a Muslim, which happens all the time, and I'm sure you've heard these kind of things, what are you going to do with it? Mm. How are you going to deal with the situation? Back home, okay, in different parts of Africa, in different parts of the Arab world, they used to deal with these issues in a very violent way. You can't do that here today. Mm. And it's wrong for even you mm. to kind of like deal with this issue in such a way. Mm. You might be harsh towards her. And if you're harsh towards her, okay, we're in a democratic country. Mm. Okay, she's gonna go off with that guy. Mm. There's different ways. Or leave Islam. Yeah, even leave Islam. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really really important. Yeah. You know, I, I have quite a few messages. People, youngsters, message me. Subhanallah. You know, they they have these feelings mm. for the same sex, mm. and they said they're not gonna act upon it. Subhanallah. This is the this is the. Yeah, you know, I, I I there's this, this WhatsApp group that we have with all like. The du'at in there, mm. Sheikh Abu Sana and mm. other than him. And we discuss these issues sometimes. Um, like especially if I get a message like that mm. yeah. on Instagram, which has been a number of times now, right? Uh, and also on Twitter, I might put it on there to just seek the advice of some of the elders. And that brings me to this a point. This brings me to the point. <laughs> <laughs> it brings me to the point. Go on, what's the point? And, and yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, I know you're going to say something. What are you going to... No, I think uh, we're going to say the same thing. Okay. I think that... To, to I basically... really wish... Wallahi. Mm. And me and you have not discussed this, right? Um, and some of these controversies that have happened in the past, I really wish that I consulted somebody older. 
Mm. I don't know, was that a point that you wanted to mention? Not just that, I, I was going to ask your advice. Mm. Um, what would you advise? I'm not just talking about youngsters, I'm mm. talking about everyone in UK Dawa mm. to be consulting elders. Mm. Even if you're 60 years old and you're a sheikh, mm. even if you're 40 years old, 30 years old, students, students of knowledge, I think, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, I lived in Kuwait before. My sheikh, mm. Sheikh Ahmed, subhanAllah, if he lived in UK, mashallah, he would be a big sheikh. Bro. Is it the one with the glasses, wasn't it? <laughs> sheikh Ahmed al-Rum. Yeah, I think he's come to Masjid Furqan. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he's come. So, before, yeah. mashallah, you know, but because he's from Kuwait, there's lots of sheikhs. And, he's, and for a sheikh from Kuwait, He's quite young, right? You know, mid. mid he's English, right? Yeah, English maybe mid forties. Uh, you know, but obviously Kuwait has many scholars. Mm. You know, but Subhanallah, and he's qualified, Mashallah. Mm. When I ask him a question, he's like, "I'll ask the Sheikh. I'll ask the Sheikh. I'll speak to the Sheikh." And I mm. know he knows the answer, Subhanallah. He knows the answer, right? But he just wants to confirm. He wants, you know, because there's a process. It's not his time. Mm. It's not his time right now. Mm. You know, subhanAllah, if you see how he is with, with when, when you go to his shapes, subhanAllah, and subhanAllah, there's, there's just etiquettes of, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a process. Mm. And when I, when, I, when I look at UK, I just think, subhanAllah, like... It's chaos. No one is even consulting anyone. Mm. Like, people just speak, put out videos, mm. and... There's just like no consultation, no kind of authority, not even... Everyone should have someone yeah, definitely above them, right? Yeah. You, you understand what I mean? Like yeah. what's the rush? What is the rush for da'wah? Yeah. Allah will preserve this deen. Wallahi, Allah doesn't need any of us, any mm. of us Sahih. to do da'wah. No one. You know, what's the rush? We should be very careful and cautious that we present in the correct thing. You know, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a line of poetry. And I always say this to Sheikh Abu Sama. And he gets happy. Huh? <laughs> um, the line of poetry states, إِنَّ الْأُمُورَ إِذَا الْأَحْدَاثُ دَبَّرَهَا دُونَ الشُّيُوخِ تَرَى فِي سَيْرِهَا خَلَلَا If there is issues that are dealt with, without the consultation of the elderly by youngsters, just have a... You know, a number of youngsters running around taking very sensitive issues into their own hands without actually consulting the elderly, right? You're always going to find that there is a deficiency in that which they are doing. Okay? Also, subhanAllah, exactly what you're saying right now, right? Ibn Hazm, he mentioned something very powerful. He says, Ma'ajmal as samt. How beautiful is just being silent. Fil-qadaya al-hasasa. In very sensitive matters. And then he says, فَكَمْ شَاهَدْنَا مِمَّنْ أَهْلَكَهُ كَلَامُهُ وَلَمْ نَرَى قَطُّ مَنْ أَهْلَكَهُ سُكُوتُهُ How many times have we seen uh, individuals who, with what they said, using their tongues, right, destroyed them. But we've never seen somebody destroy himself by being silent. You know? SubhanAllah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that refutation that Abdurrahman Hassan did on uh, 
and that's Bob's. Remember that six yeah, part back, series, yeah. yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Um, I watched the whole thing before he actually released it. And that same point that they pulled him up on, you know when he said that the Prophet praised the Khawaj, Abdul Rahman, yes, did, yes, he yes. didn't intend this at all. Yes. Said Abdul Rahman didn't. And it was very oppressive the way they, they dealt with it, right? Um, I told him, take it out. Mm. Okay? Mm. I told him, take it out. Me just putting myself in their shoes of how they would look at it. Mm. And, and he said, Allah is not needed or whatever have you. And, and that's exactly what he did. They pulled him up on that mm. issue. And even though I didn't agree with him, and I, even there was a defense that I did after, um, clarifying what he meant or whatever have you, right? Um, I said, I think the way he came across it was wrong, but the way it's being dealt with is absolutely yeah. incorrect as well. Yeah. If we just look around, how old we all are. Mm. Uh, Abdul at the time was uh, maybe 26 or 27. Mm. You know, uh, I'm just under what you call him, my mid-20s at that time. Imran, around the same age. So this is all what you call it, brothers in their 20s, mid-20s and late 20s, right? And this is a big thing that is going out. Mm. It really, really is. It's a big thing that is going out. Mm -mm -mm. And now thinking back, you see that deficiency, right? Mm. Um, that I mentioned earlier about what the line of yeah. poetry stated, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly, like, it's important. Mm. Like, now what I try to do, Akhi, Whenever I, you know, want mm. to speak about something, even mm. this issue now, yeah. this issue now, I spoke to elders, mm. and just about all of them, they basically say what you call it. We don't agree with him. Mm. We don't agree with Doctor Haytham, but that video yeah, yeah. was wrong. Yeah. Wallahi, every single one mm. of them, yeah, said that. Mm. So you know, another point which uh, I wanted to mention as mm. well was because um, at the time I was living in Kuwait and I know you came to Kuwait mm. with a few brothers and you you went to some different scholars asking them questions about a particular uh, matter of fiqh regarding Sheikh Haytham. Now, I also felt that this was a bit okay. uh, unjust. Um, another, an, an interest, another interesting point which I feel was at the time, I felt like the scholars who were questioned mm. were like put forward as these are the only scholars or mm. these are the sheikhs you should be listening to. You know, the particular scholars you went to mm. had also refuted each other. I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but they, I'm not sure if you're aware yeah. of that, but they'd all refuted each other in the past. Yeah. In the past on very in a very hard way, like similar to. But they're still friends. Ironically, similar to. Uh, you know what the the video was was for. You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? But it was like, what do you think about that 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 particular the issue situation? about? Somebody don't, has don't you think raised it, that to me. Don't you think it was yeah. kind of a bit blew out of proportion? Because when I asked about this, it was kind of like, it's a fit opinion yeah. it's it was kind one, of being one, blue one, one, one thing i mean that, i mean yeah. specifically for the uk imagine remember mm. people who don't who can't explain what islam means mm -hmm. trying to kind of 
sit and look at the situation from their perspective. Mm. You know, when you had the trust of certain brothers who presented a video to you, also the followers also have the trust in you yeah. to basically whatever he says, I'm following. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just felt that it was like not needed personally. Because living in Kuwait, everyone has different opinion about everything, right? Mm. Especially fiqh, it's just fiqh. No, I think, you know, the more you seek knowledge, yeah. the more merciful it makes you. Even Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, كُلَّمَا اتَّسَعَ عِلْمُهُ اتَّسَعَتْ رَحْمَتُهُ The more you seek knowledge, the more you become merciful. Meaning also mm. merciful when it comes to fiqh-related matters, mm. right? Um, especially when you study the different madahid. Mm. Like studying the book Bidayatul Mushtahid, mm. it's a complicated, advanced book mm. where you're studying about the four madahid. Mm. Okay, they're different views than whatever mm. have you, right? Let me give you just one example, and I think it's a very good example as well, right? Wiping your neck. Mm-hmm. Okay, wiping the neck. And I always have this discussion with our own brothers. Those who say you shouldn't. Some of the terms that are used is quite harsh, that it's a bid'ah and then this and that. Mm-hmm. And what I always try to make the brothers understand is that this view of Imam Abu Hanifa didn't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that the four madahib, they just woke up one day and they said, you know what, today I'm going to say this. All of them, they go back to the evidences and mm-hmm. sometimes because of a word that a companion uses, Describing describing a particular thing of the Prophet ﷺ, whether it's his action or his mm. statements, because of it they differ. Mm. Let's go to this issue now, right? Hadith mm. Abdullah ibn Zayd. He was describing how the Prophet ﷺ wiped his head. Mm. He said, He started from the beginning of where his hair starts, right? Until he went down to his neck. And then he went back to where he started. طيب, the word neck is being used here. I remember our Sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Sam Shwayir, was one of our scholars uh, in fiqh in Saudi Arabia. He said that the neck is of two types. The neck is of two types. And there's a faqih here. Mm. Anybody who's met him and sat in his class will know this man, fiqh. They've, gave, they've given it to him, right? We have a part of your neck where your hair is connected, right? And then you have a part of your neck which doesn't have any hair. Can you see, John, right? Yeah. The how because of this wording now, they took two different views. Mm. I try to propagate all the time. Guys, be open-minded. Mm. Well, like brothers even come up to me sometimes, can you give me the evidence? Because they may be studying Shafi'i fiqh or whatever other fiqh, right? But they're not going through the evidence at this stage. Sometimes you just study the method, then the next stage you go on to the evidences mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. and what. It's a systematic way of studying mm-hmm. fiqh. Can you the just Bible. give me the evidence mm-hmm. of what you guys say, Hanabila, right? With regards to this issue. Mm-hmm. He just wants to feel good, feel mm-hmm. better. What he was following before mm-hmm. and what is being told now, huh? Mm-hmm. Has at least an evidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, it goes, Alhamdulillah, Zakallah khair. So I was told this evidence, you're telling me this evidence. Mm. It kind of makes that person a bit more open-minded. And you mature like that as well. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes when being rough and tough on fiqh-related issue and basing that on somebody 
following the sunnah or not Well, I believe it's from the talbis of Iblis <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Look what Ibn al-Jawzi says Ibn al-Jawzi, he says وَمِن تَلْبِيسِ إِبْلِيسَ عَلَى أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ From the deception of Iblis, the shaytan On the people of hadith We all follow a hadith, <laughs> right? <laughs> and subhanAllah, this is so powerful Wallah, it's like Ibn al-Jawzi is seeing what's happening around us today <laughs> And saying this statement He says وَمِن تَلْبِيسِ إِبْلِيسَ عَلَى أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ قَدْحُ بَعْضِهِمْ فِي بَعْضٍ طَلَبًا التشفي Is them criticizing and insulting one another What do they want from this? Or what is their uh, intentions behind this? Basically just rejoicing over the misfortunes and the downfalls of others وَيُخْرِجُونَ ذَلِكَ مَخْرَجَ الْجَرْحِ وَالتَّعْدِيلِ And whatever they are doing now in insulting one another, it is under the banner of al-jarh wa ta'deel. Which basically means, it's a science that is studied in ilm al-hadith, the knowledge of hadith, mm. right? Where they used to criticize the narrator. Mm. And this is the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. So that the hadith can be preserved. But today again it is used in order to throw other people under the bus mm. on very, very pathetic, you know, very minor issues. Mm. So what do you say? وَيُخْرِجُونَ ذَلِكَ مَخْرَجَ الْجَرْحِ وَالتَّعْدِيلِ الَّذِي اسْتَعْمَلُهُ قُدَمَاءُ هَذِي الْأُمَّ لِذَّبِّ عَنِ الشَّرِيعَةِ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمَقَاصِدِ They're trying to use what the early scholars of the past used in order to protect the sharia. Mm. And then it says, only Allah knows best what's in people's hearts. Mm. We, you, we hear this term all the time, الْجَرْحِ وَالتَّعْدِيلِ We are aiding mm. the religion. Mm. But in reality, you're blasting that guy mm. Over something, come on, Akhi. It doesn't warrant for, for you to strip mm. him off the sunnah mm. or a salafi or whatever know, have you. You right? know, I think, I think this is a, I think it's, I think this is a unique thing for the West, mm. personally. No, from, I think it happens in the Arab world as well, That much? Maybe not so in Kuwait. Yeah, I mean, from my What? experience yeah. in Kuwait, like, people are aware that there's a lot of difference of opinion, you know, yeah. uh, regarding fiqh and, You know, the people pray in different Kuwait ways. Is different. Huh? Kuwait is different. Kuwait is very Medina. different, yeah. I, I want to summarize and kind of finish on, on this note. Yeah. Like, I personally, I, maybe we can just give a, maybe a final advice mm. to people who are watching mm. or final thoughts. Yeah. I personally would, and I've always advised people huh. uh, from the West to try to go and live in a Muslim country, even mm. if it's just for one or two years, three mm. years, four years, just even a taster of living mm. within a Muslim country, you know, ideally Kuwait, <laughs> Kuwait, I love Kuwait, mashallah. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, somewhere in the Middle East or wherever, just get a feel for living in a Muslim country. And um, I think it, 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 I think it matures you in a different way. Mm. I, I feel that about yourself, personally. Mm. Uh, since you've been in Medina, I feel that, what do you, do you think it's, It's, uh, you've changed? You know when you sit with the scholars, mm. it is something that money can't buy. Mm. Okay, just seeing the humility, just seeing... You realize you know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know nothing. <laughs> the moment I got to Saudi Arabia, I was looking for a circle to memorize the hadith. Because mm. I memorized Quran when I was in... Mm. And I know now, after Quran, you go to a hadith, right? 
Akhi, I'm sitting around people who have memorized Bukhari, Muslim, Sunnah Nabi Dawud, Sunnah Nasai, mm-hmm. and these are just the students. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're just students and they see themselves to be nothing. All the Qira'at. Wallahi, <laughs> being in the U- yeah, exactly. They, they know the Qira'at, they memorize Shatabi and whatever mm-hmm. have you, right? And sometimes when you're mm-hmm. in an authoritative position mm-hmm. and you have yes people around you all the time, everything that you say, yes, you are right and whatever. Mm-hmm. Arrogance might start creeping into your heart And this is something that we mm. As people who give da'wah We all should be feared of, uh, mm. fearful of right? Even Shaykh Al-Sam Taymiyyah he says رَأَيْتُ كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْمُنْتَسِبِينَ لِلْعِلْمِ يُبْتَلَى بِالْكِبْرِ I've seen many, many, many people From those who ascribe themselves to knowledge Become tested with arrogance Akhi is not just saying one or two people He's saying رَأَيْتُ كَثِيرًا Oh, the same way the people of ibadah, of worship, they become tested with, you know, shirk, showing off and whatever have you, right? What does he say after that? They become deprived of the realities of knowledge, right? So when you're sitting around the likes of these people, you see Shaykh Al Abbad, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Abbad, I'm sure you've heard of him, right? He is like the sheikh of the shuyukh in the haram. Mm. He's like respected by everybody, right? Mm. They bring him in a wheelchair. I'm not exactly sure if he's hit his 90s now. The least we could say he's like in his late 80s, right? But we can just quickly do a Google check and Mm. they'll give you his date of birth. He's a blind sheikh. He's the teacher of my sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Zakh al-Badr. Someone who's very dear to me. Mm. Something that I've seen in both of them. They're not shy to retract. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're really not shy to tr- retract, and it shouldn't surprise us when they have the likes of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu retracting. You have to understand, like Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu was not like any mm. ordinary companion. No, Hafid al-Iraq in his thousand lines of poetry in the science of hadith, he says, "Wal-mukthiroon fi riwayat al-athari Abu Hurairah li ibn Umar." The one who memorized the most hadith was Abu Hurairah. Mm. Then after him, Abdullah ibn Umar. Okay? Abu Hurairah used to give the fatwa, okay, that if Fajr time kicks in, the adhan goes up, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and you mm. are in the state of Janabah, you can't fast that day. Mm. The adhan is going off, and you are in the state of Janabah, whether it was because of relations with your wife or you just had a wet dream. Mm. The adhan is going, you cannot fast that day. Mm. Look who comes up to him. Abdurrahman ibn al-Harith. Is this a name that rings a bell? Mm. It doesn't ring a bell, right? But Abu Hurairah, just about every Muslim mm. knows him. He comes up to me and he says that what you're saying opposes what Aisha and Umm Salama radiallahu ta'ala anhuma mentioned. Mm. And they used to live with the Prophet They know the ins and the outs mm. of what happens at the time of Fajr. So we asked him, Ahuma qalata? Did they say this to you? He said, Naam. Abdurrahman ibn al Harith said, Naam, yes. He said, Huma a'lamu minni. They are more knowledgeable than me with regards to this issue. He never turned around and he said, I've been studying for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Let's just bury my mistake. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He just retracted it there and then. 
And whatever yeah. lies are spread about him, yeah. you find yeah. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still protects Abu Hurairah. So you have Shaykh al Abbad, who's taught maybe what? The books of the six books of hadith mm. in somewhat like 28 years. Mm. This is time ago. He's, he's been mm. doing it, he's been going through other books. Yeah. Other books, he's just been repeating the books of mm. hadith, right? How many times have I heard it? Saying Allahu Akbar. Mm. The four years I've been there, and this is again one of my regrets, I haven't sat with Shaykh al Abbad and gone through the books of hadith. There's other ways that I study, right? But I did attend his Nukhbatul Fikr. It's a book in Mustal Hadith. Without me having studied on a regular basis with him, sometimes just walking by, when I'm leaving my halaqa, I go and stand there, just listen to the questions and answers. I've personally at least heard him five or six times. He's in a wheelchair. He's like the oldest sheikh that teaches in the heart. And the most respected as well. He is the muhaddith of Al-Madina. Say Allahu Alam. Hmm. I remember subhanAllah, this is one that I can remember now. They asked him, is uh, somebody who's in prison, is the Jum'ah wajib upon him? Is it mandatory mm-hmm. upon that individual? It was Allahu Alam. It's just something that one of the ones that I can remember this moment in time. Recently hmm. he gave a fatwa that you know the, this, the, the, the Salah The Salah, right? Yeah. Abu, uh, Abu Osama mentioned it okay, yeah. And he, he doesn't Salam. shy away from retracting Salam. It's a really, really, really beautiful thing mm. Okay, Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr I've studied much more with him Because he tends to take the chair of his father Who is the son of this muhaddith, mm. right? Wallahi, Sheikh Abdul Razak is very dear to my heart Sitting in his class, you can feel the tranquility mm. Him, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, um, Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, the two people are very dear to my heart. You can literally mm. feel something in a class. Mm. Okay, Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, I remember, I think this was this uh, was was uh, was last year. He quoted some verses in the Quran. He's a hafid of the Quran, very long time ago. He mentioned two verses in Surah Al-Qasas. The other ayah is The first one he said it right And he was trying to make a point about uh, Your relationship with Allah And also the commandments of the Messenger He mentioned the second verse John, I'm sitting in a class I don't know what ayah he's talking about I've never heard the ayah before and he was completely misconstrued. He was trying to make the, he was trying to mention the ayah, and I've memorized the Quran. I'm like, what is he? I started questioning as to whether I've memorized that mm-hmm. surah properly. I tried to look it up, and I thought maybe he means this one. Okay, next lesson. As soon as he gets onto the chair, he goes, Yesterday I mentioned this ayah completely incorrect. And he retracted it. But I, what I was trying to say is this one. And he continued his, his class. Sure. This man, wallahi, one thing that I've seen about Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, because you know there's a lot of criticizing mm. that the students do, and even some of their own sheikhs, they blasted a lot of sheikhs, and then they have their back and forth. And Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, he's got heba. Mm. People are in awe of him. He doesn't involve himself in fitan. Mm. He just comes mm. and he teaches it. 
and he's respected by all parties mm. and they really like him. Mm. Also seeing other mashayikh, how like Sheikh Sa'ad al-Shitri, mm. most people know him, right? How he is respect, respectful towards his elders. Mm. Sheikh Sa'ad al-Shitri, mm. he, he has like the highest position. Mm. When you look at it, uh, from the different positions that are out there, even a high position, a legend of Daima in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And the major scholar committee, right? Um, how humble this man is. Humbleness is important. Wallah is, mm-hmm. is, is really, really important for a talib. Mm-hmm. And the moment you begin to think that you're something, akhi, that's the beginning of your destruction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just seeing him before the lesson, after the lesson, was priceless to me. One time, me and Yasin Munya, I don't know if you know him, mm-hmm. you might want to have a, a lovely brother. I studied a lot with the scholars in Mecca, and people tend to say that we look alike, but I'm sure uh, I'm much more handsome than him. But <laughs> sure. one time in the Haram of Mecca, yeah. we're waiting for Sheikh Sa'ad al-Shitri to come and teach the class. He was teaching Sunnah Dawood, right? He comes and sits there. So we want to ask him because I was like, Sheikh, there's an issue that I really want to ask you about. It's, it's really above my head. We use these terms from sometimes, mm. right, in English. It's, mm. it's just above my head. Like, it's... So I said that in Arabic. And the sheikh starts looking on my head. He goes, what's above your head? Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and he's laughing about it. He's just, he's just, he's just joking, like, yeah. you know? And it was, it was just so nice to us, like, so mm-hmm. humble. Another thing that happened with him in the Haram, in Medina, he came and he taught us the Risala of Al-Mu'allimi in Usul Fiqh. Mm. As he walked down, Sheikh Abdul Karim al-Khudayr was sitting there. Again, from the major scholars, more old in age. Akhi, it's one of them things like, I don't know how to describe it. You feel like somebody's pouring cold water on your chest and your mm. heart, like how good you feel and your heart melts. Mm. Instead of just walking out of the haram and people are following Sheikh Sa'ad, she's asking mm. him a question. He goes, guys, wait here. He goes through the crowd. And everybody's standing on the, on, the, on, on the pillars. There's a, something that you can stand on the ventilator. Just seeing what's happening. There's a big crowd. He just went to just kiss the sheikh. This is Sheikh Sa'ad al-Shitri, akhi. Mm. Sheikh Abdul Salam al-Shuayir. Again, sit with him. He'll always say, Allahu A'lam, Allahu A'lam, mm. Allahu A'lam. Mm. It really humbles you as a person. It, it does, you know? it does. Yeah. So, look. Yeah. I don't have much battery left. SubhanAllah. <laughs> <laughs> We have, we're going to have to uh, yeah. just wrap it up here. It's been a nice uh, conversation. Mm. Um, I think there's been some benefit to yeah. you know, having this discussion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, is there any final points you'd like to make? Mm. Any, any final comments or... How long do I have? How long do you want? <laughs> because we're speaking about you know, people giving da'wah and people being spoken about and whatever have you, maybe one point that I want to make is we as individuals who give da'wah and might criticise and might be criticised, right? Is to just really be self-critical and to hold ourselves to account, right? And not be individuals who are just always people who are ready to point the finger at everybody except themselves. Sometimes things get leaked out into the public, whatever it might be, whether it is deen related, whether it is 
private life related. It's just best that we just really just think about our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recently I put something out and I put it in some of the WhatsApp groups how a person of knowledge can really drop in the eyes of the people. And I mentioned a statement of Ibn al-Jawzi where he said, رأيت أقواما من المنتسبين للعلم أهملوا نظر الله عز وجل في الخلوات فمحا محاسن ذكرهم في الجلوات I saw people who ascribed themselves to knowledge they started becoming individuals who were not conscious of Allah Azza wa Jal watching them when they were alone in private hmm. so what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? He caused the good things that is mentioned about them in public to disappear wiped it out you're telling people on the minbar, ittaqullah, have taqwa of Allah, fear Allah, okay? And then behind closed doors, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not how it should be. Just because now you've been accepted by the people in the public, that doesn't mean you can go and violate the limits of Allah. Mm. So what did he say? He caused the good things that is mentioned about them in public to disappear. It is as if they were present and absent at the same time. There was no sweetness in wanting to meet them. There was no sweetness in wanting to see them and there was no, you know, the heart stopped yearning to meet them. Okay, so like every scholar, every da'i, you know, if you do ever hear this, like the good things, the flashy cameras and the flashy things that people say about you, mm. well, it'll disappear. Mm. And it could be that the public turns against you mm. after you had such a wonderful relationship with them. Mm. People are heroes today. Tomorrow they become zeros, from hero to zero, right? Because of maybe us becoming individuals who aren't conscious of Allah Azza wa Jal. Even Ibn Qayyim, he says something similar. He says, in accordance to how much he loves Allah Azza wa Jal, this is how the people will love him. Okay? In accordance to how much you fear Allah Azza wa Jal and how much you glorify him, this is how the people will be in awe of you, will glorify you. See? Um, yeah, that's, that's maybe everything that I wanted to say. Jazakallah yeah. khair, bro. Inshallah. It's, uh, it's nice to see you again. And, uh, we've got some khair. benefit, mashallah. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy we yeah. had this discussion. Um, Subhanallah, I was actually, you know, wallah, Allah is my witness, right? In the last month, I was thinking about how can I actually clarify this mistake that I felt I fell into, right? And I've been kind of like role-playing it in my head. Me sitting in front of a camera Because I've got a camera at home I could easily yeah. just have sat in front of the camera Sometimes that can be difficult With something of this yeah. kind, right? And then That same week When I was going to actually do it You called me mm. And I thought to myself yeah, you and, know, I, and, I, yeah. and I I, I, I called you I just mm. like, Not because of, I didn't know anything mm. about this, yeah. right? You know I, I just thought Maybe it would be good to do a podcast Yeah and it's really just worked out really nicely, you know? Mm. I understand. 
May Allah accept it from you. I mean, and I know uh, Sheikh Haytham has accepted. Yeah, I did message him. I think yeah. uh, I don't know if I mentioned it here. Yeah. But uh, I dropped him. What do you call it? A voice note, just to mm. say to him, look. Um, I never made tabdi' on you. I disagree with you. Yeah. And he, and he said to me like, there's there's never been an issue between me and you, right? There's never been like an ihtikak. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't want to go into yeah. anything else. Sure. That we but. I just wanted to make that very clear to him. And even this, because it was done publicly, I believe in front of Allah Azza wa Jal, I have to clarify this publicly. And um, that particular issue in that video. The other things I had nothing to do with. I don't think I said anything publicly. And Allah knows best. Jazakallah khair, may Allah accept it from you. And I ask Allah to increase your knowledge. And make you benefit as much as you can from your time in Medina. You know, and hopefully we can, uh, people can benefit from you as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Young Smirks podcast with me, John Fontaine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and all the other outlets. Like and subscribe and leave a comment. And also, please support us on the donation link below so that we can continue to give you quality podcasts. Thank you very much. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.